It's time for the Comic Bing Comic Book Podcast. The podcast you look forward to for all of your news and reviews of the best comic books hitting stands. Whether it's DC, Marvel, Image, Boom, or whatever book or publisher you follow. We cover them all here. This is the place for you. That's right. It's for everyone. This is the Comic Bin Comic Book Podcast. Let's get it. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Comic Bin Comic Book Podcast. I am your host, Theo, and I have another special episode for you all this week. Uh, I had the opportunity to sit down with Sean Kellison and Eric Savasky, who is the creative team behind Heart Attack, uh, which, as of today, as you're listening to this, is out on bookshelves uh, from Skybound and Image Comics. And uh, we had a good time talking about it. I, I had the opportunity to read uh what I am calling it volume 1.5 because volume one, which was the first six issues came out about a year or so ago. Uh, But in this edition uh, that came out uh, as of Wednesday, when this episode drops, uh, it it adds some additional chapters, new chapters to the story of heart attack. So uh, I had the opportunity to, sit with them and talk about uh, the not only the first six issues, but what fans can expect in the subsequent chapters that's in this new edition. So in this conversation, we do some light spoilers uh, on those first six issues since uh, it's been out for a few years, but we go spoiler free when we talk about what to expect in those subsequent chapters. Uh, now this this book is quite political, uh, based in Austin, Texas, but it is mixed with a lot of romance. It is mixed with a lot of sci-fi. Uh, this is not a mutant type situation, uh, with the characters in the book, but it does have a touch of sci-fi, a touch of romance, a lot of politics, uh, and a lot of drama. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, and just play that interview. Again, I really enjoyed it. I uh, hope you enjoyed the interview. And uh, when time permits, head on over to your local comic book shop and pick up a copy or order a copy uh, online. And I will uh, have links to places where you can buy it either online uh, for the digital copy through Amazon or uh, through, if you want to go ahead and have it mailed to you uh, for physical form and physical form, uh, you can go ahead and order that as well. But uh, with that being said, let's go on and get to my interview with Sean Kellison and Eric Zavasky as we talk about heart attack. Hey folks, it's Theo, and I'm sitting here with Sean Kittleson and Eric Zobaski, and we're here, we're going to talk about Heart Attack. It's, by the time you, you hear this, Heart Attack volume, I want to say volume 1.5, since, this, since volume <laughs> 1 came out before already, is out on bookshelves from Skybound Comics and Image. Uh, but we're going to talk about it, because uh, I read this, and it is an awesome piece, and 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 
de definitely something that you all should be picking up on. So, Eric, Sean, welcome to the show. How are you gentlemen doing? Not half bad. That's great. So, first of all, before we get into Heart Attack itself, you tell tell our folks a little bit about yourself that they may not know. Eric, you want to start? Uh, yeah. Um, basically, I uh, I reside in uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Basically, I'm just a comic book artist, and yeah, it's I have two hairless cats here, and it gets uh, very cold for them. So, uh, and I'm uh, just as big a wimp when it comes to the cold, but it's okay because I barely leave the house because I'm just sitting here drawing comics all day. <laughs> And uh, I'm Sean Kittleson from Los Angeles, grew up in, in New York and uh, went to school in New York City, then transplanted to the West Coast working for DC Comics back in the day, been mostly working in video games for my career and uh, wrote some Mortal Kombat comic books, wrote some Mortal Kombat game and and have been spending spent the last 10 years trying to get this book to completion here so this has been a long long journey and being here and being able to to talk about the book is like the ultimate privilege so thanks for having us no problem so heart attack has actually been out a few years now the first six issues were published a few years ago through skybound and image and with this new release and again i'm calling it volume 1.5 because volume one already released a few years ago as well. It includes not only the first six issues that is published and available already, but it also introduced some new chapters that weren't published previously. So let's talk a little bit about Heart Attack. First up, what's behind the name? Because I read, again, I read the, 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 the piece already and the term Heart Attack didn't show up until near the end. So what's, what's behind the name Heart Attack? So I think that the the thing that the book really gets into is these two characters, Jill and Charlie, and their relationship. And you know, they it's not love at first sight for them. Like they're they're two people who are thrown together in these these circumstances uh, where uh, they live in a world where they're kind of like mutants, but they don't have mutant powers like X-Men. Like they live in a world where X-Men is a comic book still. They live in a world where there aren't people with powers, but there are people with different v DNA, like variant DNA, we call it. Um, and because they have this variant DNA, their human rights are being denied and, and people are being oppressed. And Jill is an activist who wants to fight the power and change the, the way that variants are treated. Charlie is someone who is just trying to, like, keep his head low and, like, get out of some trouble. Like, he, he, is, he is on the run uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, and when they come together, they find that whenever they touch they have this incredible like they they have superpowers or as we call them in the world of hard tech powers of mass destruction um and the question becomes like what will they do with those powers will they be able to like tear down the system and change things uh will they make the situation for variants even worse by confirming people's fears that variants could have these kinds of powers um 
And will they be able to stick it out with each other because they have such different personalities and styles and agendas? Um, they want different things. Like where Jill wants to stay and fight and Charlie wants to run is kind of this recurring theme. And Heart Attack as a title really struck out to me because it's a, I wanted it to be a love story. I wanted it to be centered around these two characters. Um, but it felt like you know, the the thing that that can hurt the most is that that feeling of betrayal that you have with someone that you love or someone that you think you love you find out that maybe you didn't know them the same way that you thought you did and jill and charlie both have their past and their secrets that they have to deal with and things that they that they have to have to open up and be honest about to each other and those are the moments of the book that i feel like where they're tested the most it's like you know are there when they feel betrayed, when they feel like they can't trust each other, because if you have the superpower, but you only have it when you're holding hands or touching another person, like that person becomes really important to you. And the bond that you have with that person becomes really important to you. But Jill and Charlie are both independent enough that they don't want to be forced together. Like they have to, they have to find their way to each other. So um, every, everything in the book, you know, there's, there's blood, there's, there's tragedy in the book. But the real pain it comes when when you you attack matters of the heart, whether it's someone that you love or a friend that you lose. Um, that's that's where the pain is in the book. Oh yeah, and there, and there are definitely times where the two of them together, thinking that they're doing things for the right purpose, only to see that it it backfires, and and that was the cliffhanger at the end of issue six. Uh, when, yeah. <laughs> you know, when we get to the wall and, you know, the, their intentions are there, but we see that again, it backfires. So let me ask this question before we get too, we dive too much into the book. How did the two of you connect for putting and creating Heart Attack? So I sold the pitch to Skybound like a decade ago, <laughs> which, which sounds like a really long time. Uh, I'm not just a super slow writer. Uh, I just got super busy with a lot of work. And so it took me years to kind of like work through the scripts. We actually had a point where I had written six issues and then Skybound came back with a note of like, man, the first two issues is like this really heartfelt drama about these two teens. And then it gets all fast and furious all of a sudden. And I'm like, yeah, isn't that cool? And they're like, Actually, we like the heartfelt teen drama stuff more than the Fast and Furious stuff because we feel like the heartfelt teen drama is more uh, is more relatable and unique. And there's lots of books that go big and bombastic with action. So what if you pulled it back and, and rewrote them? So then I rewrote the first six issues. And once those issues were done, we started on this search for an artist. Um, and that's that's, you know, took us years to find Eric and Eric, I, how did you connect with uh, with John Moisen and Skybound? Um, basically, uh, I, I think it was on vacation in Vancouver or something. And then I got an email. So, uh, yeah, John just emailed me to. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you saw some of my art on Twitter, if, uh, if I'm correct. It was the drags and stuff like that that you'd have done. Yeah, i I think I recall you saying you saw like some, I did some anthology shorts and yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, basically reached out and expressed interest and basically sent me the elevator pitch and actually two scripts and asked me if I was interested. Yeah. And basically I loved the scripts. So yeah, I was all over it. 
Yeah, yeah it's kind of not a, a policy. A of, yeah, I think there's a ahead. lot of heart, heart in those first two two issues. Well, that's and that's the Skyman had a policy at the time of like they wanted six issues in the can before they would start looking for an artist. And then they wanted to draw six issues before they would start like soliciting so that the book would ship on time. Like they were really you know concerned with like, hey, we don't want to have like gaps in shipping schedules because that will tank sales. Um, and then we had a force gap in our shipping schedule because we launched right before the pandemic wow. and couldn't couldn't ship the book. Uh, because stores shut down. So, Eric, let me ask you this. Your style seems to have a touch of anime in it. Is is that the inspiration behind your art style? Uh, anime? Um, not not too much, no. Um, yeah, I, I like anime, but uh, uh, for the most part, I'm uh, mainly influenced by, um, uh, in terms of art style, mainly influenced by comic book artists. Yeah, when it comes to storytelling as well, uh, comic, comics and movies. Uh, but yeah, not too much when it comes to anime. But do you think an, an anime-esque thing that you do, whether you, whether you realize it or not, is the you you know how to linger on an emotion and on a beat with a character and like really take like, and I always appreciated that, you know, you 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 were so invested in the emotions of the characters and feeling them in the scene you really emphasize those things in a way that i don't feel like a lot of western books do no oh, thank you <laughs> yeah now talk a little bit more about the book we we, we have jill and charlie and those are our two main characters but there are a lot of folks in in heart attack who play major roles and so let's get it out there this is a love story and there's a lot of sci-fi but this is also a political book too there's a lot of political pictures in there and one of the first things that jumped out at me when reading it was the location of heart attack austin texas which is quite weird seeing that austin is is one of the few liberal places within the state of Texas. So what was behind selecting yeah. Austin as the base of where heart attack would take place? So, yeah, I, it was funny. Uh, initially the book uh, was kind of set in, in like, I, I think I had a nebulous, like the textile, just like the city. <laughs> and then uh, I was in Austin for South by Southwest um and uh where i was staying was was an area in east austin that was gentrifying like in the like really quickly and it reminded me a lot of like i've you know when i lived in new york uh things that were happening in brooklyn i lived in the bronx for a little while and like things that were going down in the bronx and like the i, I wanting i'm i just i'm a nerd who's fascinated by everything so while I was in Austin and coming to an understanding of like the neighborhood and, and where I was at and I wanted to learn more, I found out so much about the history of like for, for being the most liberal city in Texas, Austin has this really dark history of segregation um, and, and racial division 
where there was literally a line <laughs> and we explain it, we, we, we go into that history in the book because that's where the wall goes up is, <laughs> is where that line was between West and East Austin, between the, the white neighborhoods and the black neighborhoods. And so it felt like, wow, there's a really, this is a very, Austin's a very complicated place because of, because of the state that it's in, because of the politics and the, 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 uh, reputation of the city as a place where like oh, keep keep austin weird kind of stuff like austin is where people in texas could go to be themselves be free no matter who they are um but it really wasn't always like that and that history still lingers like and and is apparent in the city that still it's still a place where there's you know vast inequality uh between a lot of people and you can feel it when you go from block to block now the Colors for Heart Attack is done by Mike Spicer. So, Eric, how often are you guys collaborating? I mean, I love the hues that's used in this. And it's, you know, sometimes you'll you'll see a comic book and it has a different, it has a, a palette that's where the colors are pretty similar. But it's not that case here. Mike really does a good job of just going all over the place and when i say go all over the place it's not it's a compliment it's not a criticism because it, it really i mean when you look at how some of the shades are done it really just brings everything more to light and as sean mentioned earlier when you look at some of the the, the action scenes it kind of gives it and that's where i was coming with it kind of gives it that anime look with how things just connect and the emotions and how often do you guys collaborate and talk about what you're doing with the creative side of drawing and coloring the book and has there been times where you all may go back to Sean and say hey can we do something this way based on something that you all are collaborating on Oh man, uh, yeah, Mike Spicer is a, a genius. Um, I, I always loved his collaborations with uh, Danny Warren Johnson, but yeah, er everything he does, I love. I think early on, when he started coloring, I would have the occasional note. Uh, it would come to my inbox, and I'd just uh, you know want to make some adjustments here and there. But uh, I think after about two issues, he just settled in beautifully and um i mean i don't think i sent any notes for those last like uh six or seven issues yeah his his stuff is um uh brilliant yeah i don't know what to say it's uh, uh i would always be so happy to uh it would, it would actually uh i'm i occasionally i would work on a project and i would get uh colors in and sometimes i would be disappointed but yeah he would never disappoint me uh i I always remember, um, it was probably around chapter eight, there was a, um, a nightclub scene, and I was just blown away by how he approached that. He approached it completely differently than I would have, um, but I just loved it so much. And there were no notes yeah. after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember being on threads, and like there was never, with the art, you know, from, from Eric's like inks to to the colors like there was never a, a a place where anybody had to ask me permission like i always i invite the collaboration and i always like make that clear up front when i start working with people like hey 
I'm if I if I were if I were the artist, I would be drawing this book, but I'm not. So I'm looking to you to like be my collaborator, be my co-creator, and tell this story with me and bring your best to it. And I I genuinely feel like when you're a comic book writer, that's what you have to do. Like you have to you have to give away that trust to your artists because if you don't let them do what they do best, you're not getting the most out of their work. And like I remember there were a few times where like Spicer came back and be like, Hey, I'm trying something a little crazy, just like throwing these color backgrounds up, but I feel like it really reinforces the emotion. And I just remember every time looking at it and being like, damn, that's cool. <laughs> like I have no, like I had no notes either. I was just excited by like, wow, like you guys are really like reading the scripts and like, like taking, I, I tried not to overwrite the scripts, but it felt like everything that was in there was really like there was a lot of thought put into every every element of the art from the layouts to the colors like um a lot of a lot of reinforcement of like whatever was going on in the moment of the theme particularly you could see in like the last few issues when the tension escalates and the action's getting hotter like you see these really hot colors coming in in the backgrounds and stuff and it's like wow that's that's awesome like it's stylized in a way but it also you don't notice that it's stylized. You just feel the heat that he, that spice is introducing to it. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. Particularly in chapter 11, there was a, a sequence where I wanted to build up to a big climax. And so I would start off with like a six grid page and then the next page would be nine grid and then 12 grid all building up to a climax. And uh, I remember getting, I, I didn't discuss anything with Mike, uh, but I remember getting the colors in and um, just being blown away by how he got that progression. And um, you can, uh, he made the buildup and intensity uh, so much more powerful with uh, how he kept layering on reds. And um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, he was basically in my head. So again, I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the new chapters that's included with, this trade paperback but it gets to the end and as always just like with the first six issues we get a cliffhanger because our friend who was arrested at the beginning of the story she and faith are now buds and i'm, I'm wondering if there's going to be more to that relationship somewhere down the line but we see she's now on the verge of, you know, hey, she didn't figure Charlie out, you know, be, while Charlie is being open. But she, despite that, she is seems to be on a revenge path. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying about those unintended consequences of the decisions that Charlie and, and Jill makes, you know, Charlie basically sold her out. I'm sorry to say that, but he sold her out because he was looking for a way out, you know, yep. to where he can hide. But I know at some point a story has to end, but I truly enjoy how you all are intensifying the story to go into those next chapters. So we get through the end of volume one at the wall where the preacher gets shot, face gets shot, there's the riot and now we're getting to the end of this volume of the series and 
things are coming together. Charlie and Jill, they they feel they've located the facility that they're looking mm-hmm. for, not trying to spoil. And now the people that they're looking to save may not have the same intentions that they originally had. What without spoiling those new chapters and not without spoiling what may be to come. What's the, what's the inspiration about constantly having Jill and Charlie go through these unintended consequences of their decisions? Because again, it happens throughout the story, not just the first six issues, but those subsequent issues that are in this new volume as well. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's, there's a lot of the thing that, that I, I, I remember wanting to, to emphasize in the book is like, if you really had superpowers, if you had telekinesis, if you could human torch things, like that's not going to solve problems. (laughs) Like, Like if you go through a neighborhood, just start blowing shit up. Uh, and like tossing things around like that's gonna that's gonna start more problems like uh and we get stories difficult... like that we get stories like that with the x-men and this isn't an x-men exactly. book you know this is this is more real life yes yes and i wanted that because i wanted like the characters to feel more real i wanted it to feel like oh this this i can imagine this happening like in our lifetime kind of thing. And, and, you know, I feel like it is the sad truth that like, no matter what you try to do at a certain scale, like this was something I learned. I had a mentor, Doug Rushkoff back in, back in the day, still a a good friend and, uh, and had taught me so much. Um, uh, Rushkoff uh, is like a, he studies media, bias and and uh you know the effects of capitalism and and corporatism on on our lives and one of the things that that i remember asking him about was like so like you know i think it was during a presidential presidential election i'm like so like which party like where do you go like how do you make decisions and he's like well you know it's really hard to believe in any organization that's too big because when you abstract the intentions of something good to a certain level, there's always something bad that happens with it. It's really hard to believe in big organizations. I believe more in doing things locally and like your local intentions being like, because it's really hard to control when you try to do something good, something bad happens that you never counted on. Um, And I think we see that like in our world like, and in our lives where you try to do a good thing and a bad thing still happens. And there's kind of no way around that, but like life has to go on and you have to keep on trying. Like no one ever seems to make anyone happy uh, or at least not completely happy. Like there are no one, no one can make everyone happy. I should say, right? Like there's no, there is no magic bullet. And I feel like so many comics, and so many stories, not just comics, but like media, there's always a magic bullet and a happily ever after. Like we elected the right person and now all our problems are done. And it's like, nah, you still got to do the work. <laughs> like you still got to do the work and you can't just do it at this high level. Like it has to be that's part of, you know, without spoiling it, 
book is about is like like do you want to do you want to try and create this national platform or do you want to go local and help people one on one do you want to make a difference in people's lives because the closer that you get to the ground and the closer that you get to working with someone one on one and helping them out one on one you know i'd rather be like a mentor to a small group of people than like a youtube cult of personality trying to like beam things out to millions because i feel like the difference you can make in individual lives is always so much better than you can make at that platform level it might seem like you're making a big difference but like realistically you don't change someone's life by giving them a sound bite every few times a week like you change someone's life by being there for them when they need you and i think charlie and jill have that problem like wow they got these big powers they can do these big things but the more that they try to do the big things and the more that they try to make those big changes the more that there are unintended consequences and casualties for those big things that they're trying to do and it's really when they focus on each other and when they focus on that smaller circle of of who they love and who's in their lives and who they can connect with one-on-one -on -one, that's when they can make the real changes let me just say while I'm while I'm listening to Sean, Eric, I'm I'm looking at so I'm I'm looking at some pages there at Fredonia, and this this one sequence where Jill is just in grief, you know, over the fact that she should be taking this victory lap because she's about to host the the opening of the festival and she just. The emotion that you have in those panels, that's what Sean was mentioning before. And that's what I was, it's just absolutely beautiful in how as beautiful of a woman Jill is in this series, how the grief truly takes over her. And you could see that emotion throughout these panels on this page until, until Charlie comes in and he's able to comfort her. And it's weird that throughout all of it, again, this isn't a kid's book, you know, but throughout of it all, you know, it's not until a lot of pages where they feel they love each other. You know, she she was the biggest fighter of that emotion. And I think this is the point where she feels true love, but that's just me. So but let me ask this question. Are there bits of your individual personalities in all of the characters within heart attack. So for example, is, are either one of you a little bit of a rebel like the preacher or are one of you, you know, somewhat timid, you know, will, will try to hide things out like Charlie. Do you, do you find yourself as you either draw or write a script that you put, pieces of yourself in there um i mean to to some extent uh, uh my my job is to be um the actor for all these characters too so to a great extent i, I um whenever i'm drawing or coming up with the layouts i i'm every one of these characters in those moments um like that page you mentioned for example uh i um, I could have done it in like, um, you know, four panels or whatever, 
but I, I, I really wanted like the, the richness of the script, the, the emotions that uh, Sean put in there, I really wanted to um, portray and, and act out as best as I could. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's a cop out, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm acting along with all these characters. So I'm feeling everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I, I really would, you know, kind of like you see a fighter working their themselves up before a fight. Like I would really work myself up writing the scripts. Like if there was a really emotional scene, especially like if, if I couldn't get myself like kind of choked up or teary, I, I didn't feel like it was good enough yet. Like I, I had to be feeling something if I, before I felt confident that like the scene was right. Um, and yeah, there's definitely like, lots of i feel like again people are complicated i feel like i i can relate to jill and charlie in like equal measures i think sometimes i'm that extrovert that that likes to be out and and in front of the crowd and uh being the host uh and then there's other times where like man i just want to be alone in my room with all my 90s paraphernalia just retreating uh from the world um and i think those opposites were also really inspired by not to get like so super tmi but like my relationship with my wife who's like she and i are just like been together for 18 years now married for 13 and like we've spent like almost half our lives together and she's so different from me and so I think a lot of people are like, man, you're such a nerd and you're into these things. Your wife must be a nerd too. And I'm like, she's the opposite of me in every way. Like, <laughs> We could not be more different people. We could not have more different interests, but the things that we come together on, we come together on so hard and so completely um, that, that we make that, we make a great team. We make that great pair. And I, I think Jill and Charlie, you know, in some ways it's my love letter to her of like how people who are so different can find a way to love each other and find a way to get along. And then all the other characters, yeah, have some aspect either, either of me or of people I admire. Um, Face is inspired by a friend of ours who's actually named Face. Um, she was really happy that, that she had, <laughs> she has a namesake and a, and a similar character in, in the book. Um, and uh, uh, the preacher gospel, Mike, he's, very inspired by killer mike um i was listening to a lot of run the jewels uh especially you know like run the jewels uh our first album dropped in 2013 when i was pitching the book um and so i, I had a lot of that going in my head and especially seeing the way that that killer mike talks about issues and talks about communities and stuff I, I just felt like man there's there's got to be a character in the book with that voice um and really saying the things that he says like hey it's not enough to just sit here selling t-shirts and concert tickets like like it's the people it's the boots on the ground that are that are going to make the difference and it's the boots on the ground that are going to suffer when things go wrong and um i felt like that voice was really important to have there well, I am just happy to say that neither one of you said that there are bits of you in either Gabe or Governor Pritchett. Huh. Because that would have <laughs> been, been 
problematic for me because <laughs> I believe, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a little bit problematic. So we've got this issue that's out now, and again, as this recording, as as we're recording, uh, it's not out. But by the time the, this episode drops, it will be out, and it's nineteen ninety nine, folks. You can get it either physically or on digitally uh, through Amazon or Apple. I think they call it iBooks now, but um, you guys are going to be quite busy. So it was recently announced that Skybound is moving on from the pages to the TV screen. It was recently announced that you all got to deal with Fuji TV out of Japan. How excited. Congratulations. That got to be a big deal for both of you. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so how soon, how soon before you guys really dig in to start working on that project, if you can say a little bit about it and how involved are you all in that particular project? So we're, we're involved to the extent that, uh, you know, we, we get to see the material stuff, but it, there's an incredible team that Fuji TV's put together of, of Japanese talent that I don't know if I'm allowed to announce it. So I'll let them announce it when, when they do. But, um, I will say like, you know, what, what I've seen of it is it's, it's amazing to see something that you've worked on that is so like close to your heart being interpreted through a different cultural lens. Um, and this, you know, Japanese version of heart attack and the things that are, there are some things that feel exactly the same and then other things that just feel completely different or heightened in a way. Um, and it's a real honor though, because it, it shows that like the story that we were telling was something really universal because if, if the aspects of this that are so, there are a lot of things, I mean, like you said, it's a very political book. There's a lot of like, a american politics a lot of a lot of left right conversation in the book it's set in austin and draws on the history of austin and the social dynamics of austin um but the fact that um you know the these japanese creators can see that that human universal Mm -hmm. story in there and that it vibes with them uh and that they feel like it's relevant for a japanese audience just the one of the weirdest coolest experiences i've ever had um <laughs> get it get it see some of the, the creativity from them and um yeah eric i don't know what's what's your take oh i mean it's it's just exciting all around um usually this stuff gets just a uh, press release comes out and it's uh, uh it um i feel like nine times out of ten this stuff doesn't get made um but what's exciting about this is it's probably Gonna, I think it's starting like in a couple of weeks. I think uh, Q4 they said. Essentially, so, uh, yeah. This, this thing's actually happening. Yeah, there's some casting decisions that need to be made, and as I understand it, once once they lock down schedules, it's gonna shoot. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's happening. I remember when when I when I heard, I'm like, that's happening really fast. And they're like, yep, they're, we're we're moving pretty fast. I'm like, all right, that's awesome. <laughs> Like not going to complain. So Considering what, how long the comic to be made, uh, it's it it seems about right that the show could uh, move a lot faster. It's kind of ironic, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So with that being said, we know the TV series is coming from Fuji TV. That means you got you guys got to produce more volumes now of Heart Attack for us. How soon before you guys get back to work on the next chapter? Man, I I'd love to. I think it it all depends on Skybound when they when they fly the bat signal for us. So, <laughs> um, but hopefully, like you know, this volume comes out. Folks really enjoy it. Series comes out that drives a lot of interest, and we get to do a lot more Heart Attack because I think you know, like you said, Theo, like we wanted to give the book an ending and feel like you you got a complete story to it, but we also wanted to leave the door open for for more because like there's, I mean, one life goes on. There is no endings <laughs> in life. Like the, it, there's always more that can happen, more to tell. Um, and two, like yeah, I think. I think there's the things that I would be most excited about in the future would not just be continuing Jill and Charlie's story, but going deeper into those other characters uh, and, and exploring other other areas of the world and seeing what happens outside of Austin and, and what the what the larger situation is for variants. I definitely think fans would love to see a spinoff on our friend Stefan. He he is he is one of those interesting i was trying to put my finger on who he, who he is he's almost like an an oz type character you know he who works behind the curtains to get all of this stuff done you know including yeah. what we see happen at fredonia which again i won't spoil um but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what comes next for Jill and Charlie, considering where the story ended. There's definitely more of a story to tell. Uh, and I definitely appreciate you guys joining me today. Where can fans follow you guys if they want to see what's going on, not just with Heart Attack, but other projects that you guys are working on? Eric, you got the most going on. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I uh, I just finished a, a trilogy of graphic novels at DC, um, the House of L trilogy, which takes place on Krypton before everything explodes. Um, yeah, all three books are out and available. And uh, on that, I've got a lot of other things uh, going on behind the scenes that uh, are aren't quite ready to for um, to to bring up quite yet. But um, yeah, and you can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, just everywhere it's basically eric xyz or eric xy zavansky yeah and uh i'm on instagram at, at skittles um uh not really on any other platform i'm on threads and i'm on tiktok i just i don't use them enough i'm sure the skybound social team is like why don't you use them more sean um but uh but um yeah i've uh definitely check out uh, heart attack definitely check out um i work at skydance interactive so if you're into vr check out walking dead saints and sinners uh it's a, one of the greatest vr games ever made uh, and i'm not just saying that as a shill i stand by it as a player um and uh yeah check out uh check out all the work coming up from skydance interactive games like behemoth and and walking dead um as well as some other stuff that i can't i can't quite announce yet or talk about it yet, but I'm excited for that too. And I will include links to everyone's social so that you guys can follow those in the show notes. So again, 
please make sure you give Eric and Sean a follow and pick up a copy of Heart Attack on shelves already, uh, $19.99. I'm actually getting a physical copy to go along with my digital uh, to support these guys. Again, doing stuff on the independent circuit is 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 a tough job. And so we got to do our best to support guys like, like Eric and Sean, as they do their best to put out some high quality, high quality work for us. And you can see how such quality work can produce such rewards. They now have a comic book uh, that's going to TV. So again, congratulate you guys for, for, for that. That's, that's a, that's great news to, to hear for both of you. Um, well, definitely yeah. worth saying too. Uh, you know, I'll I'll be donating a portion of my print royalties from the first printing of of this this graphic novel to the Southern Poverty Law Center and to uh, the American Heart Association. So, uh, if you if you do buy the book and you put any change in my pocket, I'll be trying to put that change to a good place as well. And I will put links to those great organizations in the show notes as well. So please do. Eric and Sean, again, thank you all so much for joining me today. Again, the title is Heart Attack. Volume, I'm going to call it, again, 1.5 on bookshelves <laughs> today. Pick up a copy, buy a copy digitally from Amazon or Apple, and really enjoy it. Again, this isn't a kid's title, so it's not something for the kids to read. But if you're, you're, you're into political drama if you're into romance this is this is a title that you would definitely enjoy so pick it up sean and eric thank you so much for joining me here on the comic ben comic book podcast thanks thank you so again i want to thank sean and eric for sitting with me as we discussed heart attack again as this episode drops uh the issue the trade paperback of Heart Attack is out on bookshelves now. Uh, so stop by your local comic shop, pick up a copy. Uh, if your comic shop doesn't have it, I'll have a link in the show notes uh, so that you can order a copy and have it shipped to you. I'll also drop an Amazon link uh, if you're like me and uh, want to read it digitally. Uh, so that you can really enjoy it. Again, this is a story that has a little bit of everything uh, for you. There is a uh, touch of truth in politics that you look at the history of of Austin uh, that is touched upon in the story. Again, it's, it's quite political, so uh, depending upon the side of the political spectrum you're on, you may uh, hate it or you may love it. Uh, but there's a lot of other things. There's parts in there that will really make you laugh. And there's parts in there that's, that are really touching, uh, especially as you watch the growing relationship between uh, the two main characters, Jill and Charlie. So again, thanks to Sean and Eric for uh, sitting with me as we discussed that. I also want to thank the ladies over at Skybound for uh, helping me and getting in contact with Sean and Eric so that we can uh, sit down and discuss the book. Uh, again, truly enjoyed the conversation and I appreciate uh, both Shannon and Nia over at Skybound for uh, helping me and making that happen. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Comic Ben Comic Book Podcast. 
uh, next time. Uh, next time, we may have another quick episode. Uh, next week, I will be heading out, flying out to New York City for New York Comic Con uh, over at the Javis Center. So be on the lookout for me if you're in the New York City area and you're going to be in attendance. I will have lanyards with me, so make sure you stop me and ask for one. I'll give them out as long as I have them. Uh, but I hope to uh, drop a surprise episode uh, or two updating what's going on at the event um, while I'm there. I'll be sitting in on a couple of uh, press events for uh, New York Comic Con, uh, including one for Skybound, but also DC's and Marvel's. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Comic Book, comic book Podcast. Uh, as always, I thank you all for your support and uh, taking the time to download this and listen to it each time an episode is released. Uh, this site is growing and everything under the comic book source umbrella is growing as well, which includes the Batman universe. And we're looking for folks to grow with us. So if you are interested in writing original content or reviewing comic books, uh, shoot me an email over at theo at the comic book spot.com and let me know what you're interested in and I'll uh, respond back to you. But again, Thank you all for your support. As always, I truly, truly appreciate it. But again, thank you again for all your support that you give to the Comic Bank Comic Book Podcast. And as always, until next time, keep reading those comics. <laughs>